0: I'm Ray Barry, and this is the Audio Wave Café podcast. On this episode, my guest is Joe Harcourt, rhythm guitarist with the Scarbilly Rebels. First, I talk about why so many musicians are on the edge of quitting the industry. And I shine a spotlight on the 1980 Sent From Coventry album. I'll also be playing All Look Blue, a song written by Joe and his other band Project. It's all good stuff. Let's move on. According to a study by the Help Musicians Charity, two-thirds of the British public have said they could not live without music, and that music was in their DNA. And that music helped them understand other cultures and help break down barriers. Yeah, that's true. Bob Marley did it, and so did the specials. I believe enjoyment of music is beneficial to our mental health. Maybe most of us just don't think about it, but it's an important part of our lives. So what I find bewildering today is that many professional music producers, the bands, artists and allied personnel, are seriously considering quitting the industry. James Ainscuff, chief executive of the Help Musicians charity, said, Musicians are facing the most brutal conditions seen for decades. The energy crisis, rising food, rent and mortgages affects us all. And so many unions have their members out on strike to force the government to accede to their demands for above-inflation pay rises. And some also want job guarantees. That's not going to happen with musicians. It's perceived they don't impact our daily lives like other trades and professions. Professional musicians just don't have the power to make the government bend to their will. So they continue to see their incomes contract and their mental health suffer. Help Musicians' president, Dame Evelyn Glennie, said the current challenges are unprecedented, which is resulting in a catastrophic avalanche of stress, disillusionment, lost talent and shortened careers. The charity also backs up Words With Actions. It's estimated it would have spent £8 million by the end of 2022, helping musicians with financial, touring and mental health support. These are obviously extremely challenging times for us all. But for the professional musician, the drummer in a band or an oboe playing in an orchestra, seems there's hardly anywhere to turn for support, as it's from a sympathetic organisation or friends and family. The situation is that bad. It's a long hard winter and I wish I could say something positive going into 2023. But at this moment, I just can't see any light at the end of it. My guest today is Joe Harcourt. He's a rhythm guitarist with Roddy Radiation and the Scarberry Rebels. Joe, thanks so much for joining me in my little studio. All right, it's good of you to have me, Ray. Uh,
1: You're welcome. Joe, what inspired you to take up the guitar? Well, when I was young, there was always guitars around the house because my dad was a guitar player. So there was always a guitar in the house and I'd sort of watch him play and I'd be curious and ask him sort of... Oh, how'd you play that chord? How'd you play that chord? And so that's how that sort of really started for me. It wasn't like I got to sort of 13, 14 and wanted lessons or anything like that. It was just always around me when I was growing up. Obviously, when I was when I was young, sort of the records of what my family would be listening to, there was always music on in the house. So we'd be listening to stuff like the Beatles and the Stones and all of that. And that's obviously very guitar driven, isn't it? And that yeah, sort of yes. sparked my imagination in and sort of turned me on to wanting to play the guitar, really. I've seen pictures and videos of you with various guitars. How many do you own? Oh, it's about 10 or 12, I think. (laughs) That's a lot more than I ever had. Well, I sort of... I'm not very good at getting rid of them. I'm good at accumulating. (laughs) I'm not very good at getting rid of them. I'm not very good at throwing anything away. I like to hoard things. I mainly play um, an old 70s Telecaster Custom when I'm playing with Roddy. I sort of jump between that and... um, and a Gibson Firebird. Oh, that's a beautiful guitar. Oh, it looks stunning. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big old beast. But It's a really nice sounding guitar because it's sort of halfway between a Les Paul and a and a Telecaster, so it's got a bit more meat on it. But it looks the part in the photos as well, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really does. Had you been in many bands before the Scarbilly Rebels? Yeah, quite a few. I mean, I started playing in bands when I was about fourteen, I think. Uh, used to play in bands with my brother. My brother was always a drummer. And um, obviously I'd learnt to play guitar and he was learning to play the drums. So we used to play in little covers bands around the local clubs and all of that sort of thing. And then we played in originals bands together and we'd done all sorts down the years. But from when I was 14, really, I've, I've never stopped. I've always been in one band or another. What was the attraction in joining the band? I obviously knew who Roddy was and um, I I, I was always a big fan of the specials and so it was great to have the opportunity to play with somebody like him of his calibre, do you know what I mean? I I, I was already playing in another band with Connor the bass player and Aidy the saxophone player and um, when the previous guitar player Danny decided to call it a day, uh, it was Connor and Aide that suggested to Roddy about giving me a shot at it. They asked me if I fancied joining it and I I jumped at the chance.
0: Uh, right place at the right time. Yeah, that'd be it, yeah. Uh, What is Scarbilly
1: music? Well, it's basically just a fusion between rockabilly and Scar. If you listen to the Scarbilly Rebels stuff, you'll notice that Roddy's playing a lot of rockabilly lead lines over a Scar rhythm guitar. And the two work really well together because you've never got two guitars doing the same thing. And it's sort of that guitar weaving thing, and it works really well together. It's quite energetic, and I really enjoy playing it. It's really interesting stuff oh, to play. Are there any other bands out there that play in your style? Not that I don't know of, really. No, it's quite unique, really, because most of the ska bands play ska stuff. Most of the rockabilly bands play. So we're sort of we're in between the two. Yeah, right. Not a bad place to be. Does the band have a recording
0: contract or do you self release your songs?
1: Now, the band self releases the songs mainly through sort of Roddy's website. We recorded the last thing we recorded was um, a song called Losing Control, uh, which had um, also a, a version of Hey Little Rich Girl on it, and uh, another song which is sort of a country inspired song called Johnny. But they're all released independently just through the band's website at roddyradiation.com. Is it Roddy that writes all the songs for the band? Yeah, there's a couple of songs that have been written by previous musicians that have been in the band with him. The vast majority of the stuff is, is all Rod stuff, yeah. Oh, right. You don't see any outlet for you writing stuff for the band? Well, I'm, really, I'm, I'm happy just being a rhythm guitar player in the band. I enjoy playing the stuff and he sort of writes the lines and I play them. Do for me. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, the band travelled to Borneo to play at the One Music Festival. How did you find the experience? It was amazing. We were, it was absolutely fantastic. We were so well looked after. It was such a journey, literally the other side of the world, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't fly well. <laughs> you don't? Oh, terrible. <laughs> absolutely terrified of flying. The, 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 we had three flights as well. It was two seven hours, and then the last flight was the worst part. To be honest, it was only a little plane, and uh, it was a bit of a bumpy ride. And I, I don't fly very well. <laughs> but once we landed there, it was fantastic. They looked after us. Uh, Oh, really well. And the festival was really well put together and we went down a treat and it's the first and only time I'll ever see people line dancing to to the Scarbillies. Do you ever see yourselves going back to Asia? We'll literally play everywhere and anywhere. We're more than happy to, to travel for, for gigs. It's even more fun, isn't it? The travelling's part of the fun. Except for you if you're flying. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the flying bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people buy the band's music? Well, that's at the website, roddyradiation.com. Uh, that's the best place to, to find it. And obviously, there's always links through the Facebook page as well. So you just Google the band and you'll find, um, you'll find all the merchandise. So it's not on Spotify or anything like that? I'd be lying if I said I know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, okay.
1: <laughs> I've okay. no idea. I don't think it is. I
0: don't know. Does the band have any interesting projects or events coming up this year?
1: Looking forward to doing the Skarmouth Festival again. That's always a good one. That's out in Great Yarmouth and they have a lot of, it's a full weekend festival at one of the, uh, I think, it's is it Park Day and Holiday Resort? I forgot off the top of my head. But they do it every year and they have lots of bands on and you know, it's just a really good event. Lots of two-time bands, ska bands, reggae bands and all that. Roddy's been doing it for years, but I think we've done it every year since I've been in the band and I've been in the band for I think, six years now, I think.
0: You told me that you're
1: currently writing songs for another band. Can you tell me
0: more about it?
1: Yeah, well, it sort of came around. Me and Connor, the bass player, we, were, um, we fancied doing something that was our own stuff. I've always enjoyed writing songs, right, right back to when I was young, really. So I started writing and demoing some stuff, and we think it sounds quite good. But then we needed to find a find a singer, because singing's not my forte, so I'm uh, backing vocals. And I'd, I'd bumped into a singer in a pub in an Watching his band one night, asked him if he fancied it, and he fancies it. So he, he joined. And an old friend of mine, Neil, that we've been in bands for a good few years together, and uh, he's on the rhythm guitar. And then we got Spencer. who used to be in the Scarbelly Rebels with us. He's he's playing drums for us because he took us a it's took us a year to find a drummer for it. We've got a full album written, and we just got to get rehearsing and get out there gigging with it. Really, but it's, it's nice to be writing again, and I really enjoy the writing process. and playing something that's yours. Yeah, right. Where would you like to see the band going? Get working and build a bit of a fan base. And I've I'm, I'm got no delusions. I mean, I'm probably getting a bit old to be to be in the next Led Zeppelin. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, but no, it'd just be nice to get working, build a nice little bit of a loyal following and get out there and do a bit of work so it's not going to interfere with
0: anything these Scarborough rebels have planned
1: no not at all i mean there's plenty of room to to work on a two or three projects and they? I, I, I think
0: well i think this is a good moment to wrap up our interview joe it's been an absolute pleasure having you as my guest thank you very much
1: oh thanks for having me over ray
0: you're welcome It may have been a music journalist, who knows, but someone once said that the only worthwhile thing to come out of Coventry was a train to London. (laughs) You know, elitists have for years been putting Coventry down, and well, any provincial town or city outside the M25 ring road. But in 1979, they had to sit up and take notice with the emergence of the specials and what was to become the two-tone phenomenon. And in 1980, something else came out of Coventry, The aptly titled Sent From Coventry Album, which was conceived by Martin Bowes, who at the time ran the popular local music magazine Alternative Sounds. Martin persuaded Cherry Red Records that an album of original songs recorded by local bands was a good idea. Bands were then asked to send in tapes or cassettes of their music. Twelve bands were picked from all the submissions. And I believe some bands who had split up by then reformed just to go into the studio. The songs for the album were recorded at Woodbine Studios in Leamington Spa during the month of March 1980 and produced by John Rivers. I should think the project was not an easy task. Most of the bands had not been in a recording studio before and the sheer logistics of it all must have been daunting. But in May 1980, the album, sent from Coventry, was released on the Cathedral Records label. The bands represented on the album are Urge, Squad, The End, The Mix, Protégé, Machine, Homicide, Riot Act, The Click, The V Babies, Solid Action, and finally The Wild Boys, who had two tracks on the album. And Horace Panther provided the sleeve notes. The album sold well locally, although I have no info about its sales nationwide. You can check the album out for yourself on Spotify and YouTube. It's an interesting slice of the commentary music scene almost 43 years ago. Of course, all the bands that are on the album were long gone, but John Rivers is still very busy in his recording studio. And Martin Bowers, well, he is still an active musician with his band attrition and still recording and mastering in his own cage studio. So to you, John and Martin, for still producing stuff and still being relevant, I tip my hat. Coming up is an original song written by Joe Harcourt with Dave Hutchinson on vocals, Neil Powers' rhythm guitar, Conor O'Connor bass, Spencer Walker drums, Joe Harcourt lead guitar, and finally guest organ player A.D. Lee, from the band with no name, All Look Blue. That was All Up Blue by Joe Harcourt and his band and many thanks to Joe for being my guest. On the next episode my guest will be songwriter, multi-instrumentalist and producer John Bradley. First I talk about what the hell is the K-pop phenomenon and I shine a spotlight on the hugely influential 1991 album Nevermind by Nirvana. Before I go I'd just like to give a shout out to Aspiring Arts. It's a non-profit youth organisation funded by Youth Music. If you're aged between 11 and 25 and interested in the chance to be part of a band and record and make beats in a studio, then you can join an exciting music project held every Thursday from 4 till 6.30pm at Hill Street Youth Centre Rugby. Phone 7 276691 or check out Aspiring Arts Facebook page. And it's only 50p per session. I get down there myself but I'm too old. I think that's about it. Uh, Yeah, it is. I'm done. Till next time.